0: This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, I I haven't taken the time much this season, especially during the season, to do my own episodes. I've uh, been doing a lot of interviews, I do my weekly show with Justin, um, so I just wanted to take a little time, just myself here, uh, and I want to hit on three different things going on right now. I want to talk about uh, the early coaching carousel. Uh, I know I did this last year. I hit on a good amount of them, um, but obviously some hiring hires that nobody saw coming, like, Such as UConn with Jim Mora. But uh, I want to talk about the eight vacancies that are open right now, some that I think are going to be opening up, Uh, talk about Charlotte filling their job. Um, Then I also want to talk about um, the officiating in the Illinois Michigan game Um, and me being a Michigan fan and my thoughts on that. And then I'll spend a little bit of time talking about the college football playoff rankings that were just released today and just the travesty that it is but let's let's go ahead I I guess I'll first folk start on the uh, college football playoff rankings I I don't want to go too far into this because it's it's, it's, it's almost not even worth the time of day uh, to even go into it just because it's so ridiculous um I mean the top 4 is obvious I think everybody kind of knows like if it obviously Ohio State Michigan play this Saturday one of them's obviously going to lose if it's a close game the winner the loser could still be in obviously um TCU still has a lot lot to play for I mean everybody still has a ton to play for but the fact that they put LSU a two loss team at 5 ahead of USC is pretty ridiculous if you ask me I also would potentially even put Clemson ahead of them, being a one-loss team. Um, they have Alabama at seven. I mean, there there's a clear possibility that Alabama, if chaos ensues, Alabama could be in the playoff, and I think fans would riot with that result. Um, <clears throat> I, I I think I think it's. A travesty to the fans that that's the case Um, then just kind of looking looking at the back end of it I mean it's very clear that the AAC champion is going to be going to to the Cotton Bowl Um, the complete disregard to some belt teams such as Coastal Carolina and Troy is is absolutely ridiculous and even throw in UTSA out of Conference USA um, just just an absolutely ridiculous um, the way that it that it's being handled there um, just I, I, I just shake my head I don't understand it coastal people can say what they want about coastal schedule they have one loss they deserve to be in the top 25 like it is it's absolutely ridiculous for, for it to be otherwise um, and Troy should be there as well and UTSA should be as well I mean I have all three in my top 25 so but obviously the CFP all, all they care about is the money and we, we all know it, it and, and it's very apparent every week with the rankings that they put put out there just it's a, it's a sham it's it's just ridiculous um again i don't want to take too much time talking about this just because one it's not going to change Uh, it, it, it it's unfortunate but it's almost getting to the point where the group of five schools almost just need to create their own thing um just because they're not getting the representation at all um And I understand the group of five as a whole this year is down compared to years past, but that's why a one-loss team out of the Sun Belt deserves to be up there. I mean, the Sun Belt is a fantastic conference and needs to be taken seriously. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, Now I want to focus a little bit on the officiating in the Michigan-Illinois game. Uh, I i I'm first going to preface this by saying I am a Michigan I grew up a Michigan fan diehard Michigan fan and people who know listen to me uh frequently know that my fandom of Michigan football has has wavered significantly in the past year to two years um just because I'm just not a fan of of how the program is being led um at it's just I've just kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit with that. Um, but it was very apparent watching that game against Illinois this past Saturday that the Big Ten and the referees made it very apparent that they were going to do anything and everything possible to make sure that Michigan was undefeated heading to Ohio State this weekend. Because Illinois should have won that game. And and granted, Illinois in the fourth quarter did not help themselves. They got very, very conservative with their play calling. And they didn't play to win the game. So I I will say that. Um, I mean, so they obviously need to play better. I, I will say that. But. Um, that, that final drive, and and there's other things you can look at throughout the game to some penalties going here or there, um, that JJ McCarthy, um, fumble definitely seemed to have his knee down while he had the ball. Um, in my opinion, they reviewed it, decided otherwise, but seemed pretty apparent to me. Um. <clears throat> then, of course, that last drive. I mean, you can look at that fourth down play, that, that passing play, and I think anybody anybody in their right mind will tell you that that's an illegal play. That is offensive pass interference in every single way. Uh, the Michigan receiver didn't even attempt to run a route, literally was blocking. As soon as the ball was snapped, he was blocking. Um, I don't under, I don't know what a defender is supposed to do in that case. I mean, it's literally impossible for the Illinois players to go and make a play on the ball in that scenario, um, and it was an obvious easy first down, pitch and catch for a first down because um, when, when somebody runs and impedes the entire process from the get-go, it's just not going to happen. So there, there's that play, the Devon Witherspoon pass interference that wasn't even remotely close to being a pass interference. I mean, the, the young man's been the best defensive back in college football the entire season, and <clears throat> I know Illinois' defensive coordinator Ryan Walters um, had a comment after after the game, or even the day after. He's like, "I'm gonna." He did exactly what he's supposed to do. He played the ball. He's aggressive. Did what he was supposed to do and unfortunately he plays for the university of illinois against the university of michigan when they want to make sure the game is two undefeated teams to go to the playoff uh it, it, it just just a completely unfortunate situation and, and and then Jim Harbaugh's play calling on that drive, too, should go into question, too, just to continue throwing the ball when all they had to do was just run you know, the best field goal kicker in the country. I was hoping for an interception on just because of the blunders that he was making from the coaching decisions he was making. Um, just that whole game was just kind of something, just head-scratching, really. Um, just unfortunate to to see that see it come to that um and because you just want the teams to decide it on the field and that was not the case this saturday it was not decided by the teams on the field and i feel for for illinois coach brett bielema uh, he let the officials have it deservingly so they deserved to be ripped and that's why i'm having this little monologue here to talk about it, just because I, I personally can't stand for it, and even if I was still a diehard Michigan fan, I, I, I would be embarrassed by that because that's not how you want to win a football game. And I've seen many Michigan fans come out and say like that was wrong, how that went, and and I applaud them for that because. I myself, I'm a diehard. I will be a diehard Michigan basketball fan till the day I die. And I thought I would be a diehard Michigan football fan till the day I die. But I've, like I said, I've fallen by the wayside over the past handful of years. And and especially with what happened there this past Saturday, something I can't stand for. It's, it's not right. And there's no reason that that should happen. But as we know, Money talks, as we see every Tuesday night when the college football playoff rankings get released, and it will continue to be that way in these games, as we've seen. So now I'm gonna turn turn my thoughts to something <clears throat> a little bit more uh, positive <laughs> and more exciting, I guess you could say, um, with with the the coaching carousel already in full effect. Um, Like, like I said, I did this last year and there were a ton of coaching changes last year. I don't see there being as many this year. I mean, we've already seen nine, um, which is a pretty staggering number before the season's even over. And one of those jobs is already filled. Uh, the Charlotte 49ers hired Biff Pogie, uh, who is Michigan's associate associate head coach, um, who, who. Personally, I think has had an integral role, uh, especially in the 2021 season of Michigan resurrecting to the to the point of making the college football playoff. I, I think he's been a huge, huge asset to them, um, and and I think I think he's somebody that Michigan's really going to miss. Um, him going to Charlotte might be a little head scratching to some people because he's 61 years old never, never been a college head coach, but, but this is somebody, if you look at his resume, I mean, this is somebody who is more than deserving of this opportunity. Um, he coached at his alma mater, uh, Baltimore Gilman high school and for 19 years, and he won 13 state championships in Maryland where Maryland is a pretty darn good football state. Um, so and 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 then he, uh, took a job at Michigan for, for a year, I believe it was. And then went back to the high school coaching ranks and uh, St. Francis Academy, a, a program that he kind of helped fund even. And he turned that school into a national powerhouse in Maryland. So um, just, yeah, I mean, like I said, he coached Blake Corum at St. Francis Academy. So, I mean, this is, and then he obviously he has been at Michigan the past two years now um, this is somebody who deserves this opportunity, in my opinion. I think he he obviously has gotten <clears throat> great praise. Um, you saw Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh I'll say some amazing things about him. I mean, obviously, those are two guys in the coaching profession that their their word means something. So <clears throat> I think this is a i think i personally think it's a good hire for charlotte i think he's going to get players in there and i think i mean obviously charlotte is a is a program that that could be good i mean it should be good i mean you're in a very good recruiting area um, you're they're going into the aac um, so i think it's a great opportunity for somebody to step in and and win some games and he's only the third coach in program history so this is still a, a young program um going and i think he's going to do wonders there uh the rest of these jobs i'm just going to go in a b in alphabetical order um so arizona state next up um obviously uh justin and i in our weekly show last night we we discussed this job a little bit because jim mora has uh come up in this discussion a lot I tried to tell uh, UConn Yukon fans to relax that it's gonna be okay. Jim Moore's not not going anywhere. Uh, he is fully committed to the Yukon Huskies as long as Yukon is committed to football. Jim Mora will be committed wholeheartedly to that program um I, he's he's not going anywhere um but still nonetheless, I mean we've all seen the rumors um so his name has to be mentioned um Tom uh, I'll say there's there's a there's obviously a couple names that are going to be mentioned in almost every P P5 job um Tom Herman um uh Dan Mullen um even Urban Meyer I mean head coaches that have had success at the Power 5 level that are now working um for various uh TV programs um they, they could very well have a job if they want it. Um, I, I feel like Arizona State's a place where he could go. A um, uh, couple other names. And Matt Rule. Uh, obviously, he's another guy that could fall into a handful of these jobs as well. Coming from the NFL, had a ton of success at the college level. Um, uh, two guys that lost their jobs this year, Brian Harrison. Uh, from Auburn. Paul Chris was at Wisconsin. Uh, I personally think Harrison would consider the Arizona State job. I think Paul Chris would, it would be maybe a bit of a stretch just because he's from the Midwest, but I think Harrison could have success there. Um, But the couple names that I... That I'm really intrigued by for the Arizona State job, uh, as I've said before on my show, Mark, Mike Norvell, who's obviously at Florida State, um, has a history at Arizona State. Obviously, he's had a very successful year this year at Florida State. I don't know if he would leave, um, but I, I, I think it's definitely something worth monitoring. Um, in in. The three the three other names I'm about to mention are the ones who I think personally are <clears throat> are the highest on the list uh, Brent Brennan the head coach at San Jose State he's done an amazing job there um, I think he should be considered for multiple jobs Arizona State Colorado I, I, I think he he's a very good football coach and in due time he will get his opportunity um, I think Bronco Mendenhall, is a very viable candidate at Arizona State. Um, obviously had a ton of success at BYU. Um, went to Virginia. Still had success. Even though it was an odd fit. He still did a, did a good job there. But the, the, per, the guy who I think is going to get this job is Kenny Dillingham at uh, the Offensive Coordinator at Oregon. Uh, formerly an OC at Memphis, Auburn, Florida State. He has ties to Arizona State already, formally coaching there. I-, I think he is hes the odds-on favorite to me <clears throat> to get that job, um, and he's very deserving. I mean, hes he's been an offensive coordinator at a high level for a while now, and he, he deserves an opportunity at a, at a job like this, and I think he would do a very good job so that Kenny Dillingham I think will be the next head coach at Arizona State next up going alphabetically Auburn Tigers I think we all know the rumors about Lane Kiffin and I'll piggyback on that too it's Lane Kiffin's job if he wants it if whether he's been offered it or not or if he's accepted it I mean who knows Lord only knows at this point but uh <clears throat> I, I, it's his job if he wants it. Um, with that being said, Cadillac Williams has to be on staff. I mean, what he's been able to do in a short time, he is deserving to still be on that staff. And if they find a way to beat Auburn, I think it would be hard not to hire him as the head coach. Um, but if Lane Kiffin doesn't take the job, I think – I know Liberty just – Gave Hugh Freeze a big extension and he's got a big buyout, but I think that's somebody you definitely got to consider for the job. Obviously, Coach Prime is going to be a hot name there. Um, I'll give you my take on him, where I think he's going to end up. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, today some reports came out about his, uh, the academy that he um, had that failed um, is, potentially holding back some power five schools from um, having real interest just because of the legal issues that could come with that. So I think that's a really interesting thing to, to monitor and look at, but time will tell there. But like I said, this is Lane Kiffin's job if he wants it. And I firmly believe he will be the next head coach at Auburn. If he's not, it very well could be Hugh Freeze or even Cadillac Williams. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Lane Kiffin doesn't take the job. I think uh some craziness could ensue. Uh next up Colorado. Um <clears throat> there there's some interesting names for that job that I've seen recently. I mean, the interim head coach Mike Sanford, I mean, the winning results haven't necessarily been there but the energy he's created between the players and the program, I think he's done a good job there. Um, he might be considered. <clears throat> Some interesting names to throw out there, Tom Herman again, Matt Rule again, uh, Gary Patterson potentially. Um, that would be an interesting situation there. Um, Tennessee offensive coordinator Al Goulash uh, is an interesting name to potentially throw out there. Um, Air Force coach Troy Calhoun, and they just they beat Colorado this year. That would be an interesting name. Um, <clears throat> coach Prime, uh, I think we've all seen in reports that he's been in discussion, at least, with them. I don't think that's a, a necessarily a good fit for him, but obviously during Coach Prime's um, college days, Colorado was one of the top programs in the country. So obviously it can be done. Um, an interesting name I would like to throw out there is Sacramento State head coach Troy Taylor. Um, the, the Hornets are undefeated. He's done an unbelievable job at the FCS level there. And I think in due time he will be a head coach at a high level. Um, uh, very, very well could be an option at a, a handful of schools that I mentioned later. But I think Colorado should consider, at least. Um, But the top three guys I see in this scenario, Baylor offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, uh, very deserving of a head coaching job. I think he could be an option at Georgia Tech, uh, UAB, USF. I mean, Arizona State even, he's done. He's very deserving of an opportunity. Um, and then the last two, Bronco Mendenhall, um very, very viable candidate here that would make sense with his ties to that area. Um, and then there's Ryan Walters, Illinois defensive coordinator. He played at Colorado. Um <clears throat> I think it would be a dream come true for him to return to his alma mater and be the next head coach. Um I go back and forth between Bronco Mendenhall and Ryan Walters as as the next head coach. I, I'm leaning towards Ryan Walters, um, but I've heard I've heard a lot of rumors of Bronco Mendenhall too. So if you if you told me to to put my money on one of them, I would say Ryan Walters would be the next head coach at Colorado, um, it, just because of his ties. Um, next next one up, Georgia Tech. I think there, there's a plethora of people that uh, could be in the running here. I think there's a lot of G5 names that make sense. Tyson Helton at Western Kentucky. Uh, you could throw Sean Clark at App State. Sean Lewis from Kent State. Mike Houston at ECU. Charles Huff at Marshall. Kane Womack, South Alabama. Willie Fritz at Tulane. Obviously, Jamie Chadwell from Coastal, whose whose name has been hot when it comes to Georgia Tech, um, definitely possibility. I mean, Coach Prime is one we've heard many times in that situation. I think if he's in Atlanta, <clears throat> it could really be a problem. Uh, Bill O'Brien, the OC at Alabama, I think I think his name's kind of gone gone cold in some of these coaching. Um, rumors just because how Alabama's offense has kind of come to come to a stall and not been what we all thought it would be. I think one name to consider is Kevin Sumlin, a former head coach. Um, Even Josh Gaddis, the Miami offensive coordinator, I think is someone to discuss. Um, But I, I think there's really four names here that 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 could make sense. I've already said two of them: real Willie Fritz at Tulane and uh, Jamie Chadwell, who's at Coastal. I think those two make a lot of sense. Um, I could, I, I, but I think Del McGee, the running back coach at Georgia, I think is an outside shot candidate that could that could make make some waves there. But I think the interim head coach, Brent Key, has really done a good job with, with what he's been given there. That win this past week against North Carolina was absolutely huge. And then I think if they're able to keep it close against Georgia, I think it could go a long way for him keeping that job. So I, I'm actually going to say Brent Key gets the the full time head coaching job at Georgia Tech. Um, <clears throat> then we go to Nebraska, which I think this one is a kind of a a roller coaster. Let's just say, <laughs> um, Mikey Joseph has has done as, as good as he can. I think, I think he should be considered. I think one of the interesting names that has been thrown out recently, um, just because of AD Trev Albert's, uh, days of the option and everything is Jeff Monken at at army. But I think that would be, just an absolute train wreck. If that happened, I it the, Nebraska cannot return to the option days. I think it would be terrible. Um, obviously, Bill O'Brien, Urban Meyer's names have been thrown out there. I think it would be a long. It's obviously a long shot for Urban Meyer. I don't think he's going there. Um, I think there's really three names here. One, I'll th- I'll, I'll say a fourth name. I'll throw one out there just just to kind of stir the pot. Uh, Calen DeBoer from Washington. Um, that's a name to watch. I think, I think it's an interesting, interesting one to look at the person I thought who was perfect for the job was Lance Leopold from Kansas, but he just signed an extension at KU today, which congrats to Kansas for, for that. I'm so happy for them and I'm happy that he's going to be there. Um, so that leads to to two candidates, I think, and I think the number one guy that they would want is Matt Rule. I think it's his job if he wants it. He might have turned it down this weekend, though, from the from the rumors that you hear. Um, but then there's another Matt, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. I think he what he's done to Iowa State is nothing short of amazing. I think if he's given the opportunity and the resources at Nebraska that he could really do some things there so i mean i'm gonna say matt rule but he might already turned it down so hey matt campbell you might be up uh uab this one's interesting because um former head coach bill clark leaves because of health issues he seems to be doing better which thank goodness um obviously there's just a it's really great to hear um, the good health updates on him. Um, really, really hoping that, that if he wants to return to coaching, that he could do that. And I think if he wanted to, that UAB would be very open to that. I think you also have to include the interim head coach, Brian Vincent. Um, but then I think there's there's some, some names that would be very interesting there. Um, Skip Holt, Slayer Fedora come to mind. I think Justin Fuente is a real option there. And then the person I think who's going to end up getting the job is current West Virginia coach, Neil Brown. Uh, I think he's going to be let go at West Virginia. um, And I think UAB would be a great fit for him. Uh, So I think, I think it's going to be either Justin Fuente or Neil Brown. I think, uh, I think UAB has really built into something, and I think that's that's a good job that you can use to springboard into an even better job. Looking at Wisconsin, I think it's very apparent what Wisconsin is going to do. Jim Leonard is going to be the next head coach. He's going to be promoted, I think. I think it only makes sense. I mean, obviously, they got rid of Paul Christ, and I think they got rid of Paul Christ just to make sure they could keep Jim Leonard. <laughs> I think that was the only real reason. So now we turn to USF and USF, I think, is going to cast a very wide net of coaches for for a search. And I think you could could legitimately put almost any of the guys that I've mentioned already onto this list. I think Barry Odom, Arkansas's defensive coordinator, makes sense there. Uh, but but the number one guy, obviously, and everybody's heard the reports, is Coach Prime. Uh, Deion Sanders would just be an absolute home run hire at USF. If if he became the head coach at USF, he would have the state of Florida on recruiting lockdown. I firmly believe that. Uh, I think every player would want to play for him, and I think USF would be in the ACC before we know it. No. Or the Big Twelve would be praying to get them. Um, it would. I think if Coach Prime ends up at South Florida, it will be an absolute problem for for everyone, for every school in the state of Florida. But they would become a national national player very quickly. Um, so. I am all in on that train, and I hope it happens because the USF fans are fantastic, and, and I really hope for their sake that they get, uh, get a really good coach out of this, and if they're able to get Coach Prime, they would be an absolute home run, grand slam hire. <clears throat> so now I think there's four jobs that are definitely going to open up. I already told you one. I think Neil Brown's going to be out at West Virginia um, Navy, Ken Niamatiela. I think he's going to be out after 16 years, which is unfortunate, but I think it's going to be up to him um, if he wants to be done there or not. I think Danny Gonzalez will be out at New Mexico and Jake Spavital at Texas State. I think he will be out as well. I think those are the four job, the next four jobs that open pretty quickly. Um, then I'm just going to give you a handful here um, that are interesting to me. Boston college with Jeff Halfley. Um, I know he just got an extension a year or two ago, so that one could be, um, interesting with buyouts and everything. Uh, I don't necessarily think Philip Montgomery will be let go at Tulsa just because he has had success there, but they did have a very down year this year. Um, one interesting name to look at Northwestern head coach, Pat Fitzgerald. Um. obviously he's an alum. He's done amazing there, but they are pretty bad. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think FAU and Willie Taggart, I think that situation, especially if they don't reach bowl eligibility this weekend, if they lose to FIU, I think that could get dicey. Um, Western Michigan with Tim Lester, I think that situation could get dicey too. Um, you look at their game against Eastern Michigan, a home game against an in-state rival. They had no energy. They didn't even care to be there. Um, and then the last two, I, I, I just put on there. I, I, I don't know if Stanford would ever let go of David Shaw. They're never going to get a better coach, but Stanford is very stagnant, so that'll be interesting. I think if he lets gets let go, though, he's going to be picked up instantly. He's a fantastic football coach. Then I think the last one's pretty obvious, but I don't think it happens. Is Texas A and M and Jimbo Fisher that that program m- might be reaching an all time low right now, um, but that buyout is almost impossible, so and of course there's going to be some random ones out there that surprise us i think that that happens every cycle but i hope you i hope you enjoyed that little breakdown i have there again i'll say arizona state goes with uh oregon offensive coordinator kenny dillingham i think auburn's going to go with lane kiffin uh colorado i think is going to go with like I said, Bronco Mendenhall, Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator at Illinois. I go back and forth on it. I'm going to say Ryan Walters at this point. Georgia Tech, that one's an interesting one. I'm going to say Brent Key gets the interim tag removed and becomes the full-time guy. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Jamie Chadwell or Willie Fritz or Del McGee, the running back coach at Georgia. Um, Nebraska. I'm going all in on Matt Rule as I think they are, but don't be surprised if Matt Campbell or Kalen DeBoer, like I said, at Washington. Uh, UAB, I hope Bill Clark is able to take the job again, but if not, I see Justin Fuente or Neil Brown taking the job. Wisconsin is very apparent Jim Leonard is going to be the guy, and I am all in on USF and Coach Prime. So... Out of the current eight coaching jobs that's that's how I see it so again guys thank you so much for listening uh, it, it's it's a pleasure to do what I do uh, please 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 feel free to follow me coach at coach underscore B will as always follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT college foot one uh, feel free to listen to the podcast follow you know what you guys know what to do. Uh, again, have a good night. God bless.